going to look at what did Jesus teach us. As spiritual things must be spiritually discerned, so the full meaning of Jesus' saying can never be clear to us until we have attained a consciousness equal to His. The more we grow, the more we understand in consciousness. The more we grow in consciousness, the more we expand, the more we understand His words. But in the record of His saying, there is much which bear witness to our own belief. When we look at the gospel of Jesus and all the writings about Jesus, that's his record. So in the record of his saying, there's much which bear witness to our own belief. And no doubt could we penetrate the meaning of his teaching. We should have a perfect explanation of our own philosophy. So if we could, the more we penetrate and more we understand Jesus' teaching, the more you will understand yourself. Jesus discerned spiritual truth. That's what he did. He discerns spiritual truth. Why and how, we do not know. Nor does it make any difference. The world has not produced anything like him. And until it does, he is our Lord and Savior right now. Okay, so, man shall not live by bread alone. I'm not teaching it. I want to just say this. Because I already told you, we're looking at the Beatitudes tonight. But this is a preamble as to where we're going tonight. Matthew 4 and 4 says, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. I was giving you a little example. What did Jesus teach? It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Who eats bread alone? will continually hunger. To the physical benefits of the human board must be added the spiritual strength of divine wisdom. So we already talk about starvation, the fact that you starve on more than one plane. So tonight we're going to look at see if we could understand spiritual wisdom and spiritual understanding, spiritual strength of divine wisdom, divine wisdom. This is where we're going to tonight. All right. Good evening, everyone. Tonight, I am looking for three readers. The first reader will read Matthew 5, verses 1 to 5. The second reader is going to read Matthew 5, verses 6 to 8. And the third reader is going to read Matthew 5, verses 9 to 12. So tonight, we're looking at the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes out of Matthew, or you could call it the Sermon on the Mount. Same thing. The Beatitudes or the Sermon on the Mount. And that is taken from Matthew 5, verses 1 to 12. The eight Beatitudes. We're going to address four of them tonight. We're going to look at the meek, the meek shall inherit the earth. They that hunger shall be fed. The merciful shall obtain mercy. And the pure in heart shall see God. First reading is taken from Matthew 5, verses 1 to 5. And he's seen the multitudes. He went up on a mountain 
but when he had seated his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Matthew 5, 6-8 Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Matthew 5, 9-12 Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Um, I might say something that is a little bit strange. I just want this one to tell here with me because the whole purpose is to be get divine wisdom divine wisdom and understanding spiritual things must be spiritually discerned so the full meaning of Jesus's saying can never be clear to us until we have attained a consciousness equal to his and we know that is a tall order we, we may never attain that while in in this in, in our lifetime but in the record in the scripture of the saying there is much which bears witness to our own belief and no doubt could we penetrate the meaning of his teaching if we could penetrate it we should have a perfect explanation of our own philosophy the more you understand our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the more you understand yourself. Jesus discerns spiritual truth. Why and how, we do not know how, nor does it make any difference. So, let's see if we could understand his saying. By understanding what he's trying to tell us, we will better make sense of our own self. Now, let's start off with the meek shall inherit the earth. The meek shall inherit the earth. I say it in Matthew 5 and 5. This is a teaching of non-resistance. The meek shall inherit the earth. This is a teaching of non-resistance. The warlords and plunderers of human possessions have come and they have gone. Rome rise, Rome fall. Kingdoms have risen only to crumble into dust and become numbered with past events. Now, passion and lust for power have scattered the earth with destruction. Passion and lust for power has scattered the earth with destruction. Now, let me pause here. I don't want you to 
go to the extreme because I'm saying these things and think it is wrong to possess great things. It is not wrong to progress, possess great things, especially if you use those things that you have acquired to uplift and help other people. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, so don't go to the extreme. Just stay with me. Passion and lust for power have scattered the earth with destruction. It would seem as though the meek has lost out in the titanic struggle for earthly supremacy. It will look like that. If you, if you look at all what's going on, all the history and so on. However, in the midst of this drama of human existence, Jesus declared, in the midst of all these people hoarding things and stealing from one another, Jesus declared that the meek shall inherit the earth. You know, all this chaos going on and fighting and covered in land and so on, Jesus come up and he declared that the meek shall inherit the earth. So let us inquire if his teaching is a true one. Hear this. Do we teach our children to follow the steps of a Caesar and a Napoleon? Or do we tell them the story of Jesus? Remember, he said the meek shall inherit the earth. Do we teach them? To follow the steps of a Caesar or a Napoleon? Or do we tell them the story of Jesus? The cross is mightier than the crown. And we teach our children that love masters everything. The meek shall inherit the earth. To whom have our artists turn for inspiration and that quickening power which enables them to depict the ideal not to the warlords nor even the captains of industry but to the meek what characteristics are set before us as being worthy have not faith and belief in the divine goodness being the team of our greatest singers. Look at the greatest songs. Look at the greatest hymns. Who are they based on? Who could write a beautiful story about hell? Tell me, have you ever heard one? Have you ever heard one? But heaven and love have inspired thousands to the uplifting of humanity. Jesus was right when he said, the meek shall inherit the earth. They have done so and they will continue to do so. Let's look at there that hunger shall be fed. They who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Is there anyone who does not have a soul hunger? 
everyone on you on this line is here because your soul, you have a hunger in your soul. There's not the spirit of man thirst after knowledge and understanding, yearn for truth and reality. As a blind man learn for the light, has his hunger can only be satisfied with spiritual food as manna from heaven. Let us inquire into this teaching and see if if it is an illusion. Turn to history, to those who have been spiritually minded, and the question is answered. They have not received a stone when they ask for bread. All who have been hungered have been fed. Their hungered have been blessed in that it has led them to that only food, that heavenly manner, which has sustained, strengthened, and upheld them while the rest of the world has eagerly inquired from what store they bought their goods. They who hunger and thirst after truth, they who hunger and thirst after that indwelling Christ are always fed and directly by the hand of God himself. Trust me on this. You hunger, you will be fed directly by the indwelling Christ, directly by the hand of God himself. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Again, we are confronted with an apparent contradiction. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Again, we are confronted with an apparent contradiction, but we know there's no contradiction in the Word of God. So even though it may look so, we have to find what what is Jesus saying here? Because we know the Word of God, there's no contradiction. Do the merciful always obtain mercy? Do the merciful always obtain mercy? From a casual observation, it would seem otherwise. But are not many of our observations based on a finite outlook? From a limited concept? Think about this. Hear me. Stay with me. Open up your mind. Do the merciful always obtain mercy? From a casual observation, it would, it would seem otherwise. But are not many of our observations based on a finite outlook? From a limited concept? We talked last week. If it's a finite outlook and a limited concept, you're looking at it from a man perspective, from a human perspective, and not spiritual. Remember. I use the word spiritual mind 
I also said imagination. I use the word imagination so you can understand. The imagination is not limited. And it's not finite. Because you can think what you want. And to what degree that you want. But are not many of our observations based on a finite outlook? From a limited concept. Can we estimate life from the range of one human experience? That is what most of us do. Can we estimate life from the range of one human experience? We, we experience something and then we say, that's it. We, 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 we think that that's how it's going to be like that forever. And we're making a conclusion. I'm never doing this again because da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But can we, can we estimate life from the range of one human experience? If life begins with a creator and ends with the grave, then are all our hopes not only forlorn but useless? If life begins with a cradle and ends with a grave, then all your hopes are useless because you're basing it on just a lifespan of one individual. It is only when the eye views the world as one vast plane, one boundless reach of sky, that it sees truly. If you're looking at life as, as just based on your life, from you born, from your dead, you will never fix the climate that is why there's a push for climate change because life doesn't exist just with your existence that's why you must have some kind of environmental factor here so that you don't damage the world and make it difficult for those who come in after you you have to view life bigger than yourself, not just from your own individual self. The perspective of, of reality is lost when we view life from the range of a short experience. If you if you view in life just from your short experience, then life is lost. The perspective of life is, is it is lost. Let me give you, uh, ask you this here. I know, I know, I know. I'm going somewhere that I don't know if you're ready for this, but hear me. Think. Think for a minute. Think. Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone, right? And he just had a a pan and a cord or whatever it is he had, he invented the telephone. Look at the telephone today. The telephone didn't start and end with Alexander Graham Bell. It continued on. I'm going to try not to get into that. I'm just going to touch on this spirituality for you tonight. Alexander Graham Bell, do you think that his spirit because I told you this in one of the teachings. I don't know how much of you pick it up. 
that your body when your, you you don't die your, your spirit lives on the, your soul kicks your body out it it's impatient and it get rid of your body when your body is no longer useful to it when your body is no longer useful for your soul it it kicks it out so you don't think that alexander graham bell had a spirit had a scene in the development of the telephone as it stands today guys a lecture for another time but i just want you to think i want you to think you don't just things don't just live in your lifespan and ends it it, it continues on so the perspective of reality is lost when we view life from the range of a short experience jesus saw beyond the veil and estimated life from a great perspective the long run of the adventure of the soul he knew that the law of cause and effect take care of all and that the mills of god will grind the muck of unreality from the wheat of the spirit what matter if these mills do not do all of their grinding while we are clothed in flesh Did not Jesus know knew another life which to him was as real as this one? Jesus didn't didn't Jesus know of another life? Did he not tell you my kingdom is not of this world? Can we expect in this world to receive full compensation for all our work? Of course not. Henry Ford invented the automobile. I think his spirit and dwindling in the electric cars that is happening right now. The Wright brothers fly the 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 the, the airplane. You think that they have a act in it? The work that you doing, however small or however big that you contributing to carry on somebody else and your spirit when your when your body gets tired when your soul get tired because your body can't function the way it wanted to function because your your spirit quickens your mortal body to perform whatever it needs to perform is is your soul quickens your mortal body when it can't perform it will it that is a crude way of me saying it <sighs> but remember jesus on the cross jesus didn't die nobody did you he gave up the ghost he gave up the ghost he gave it up because for whatever reason he gave up the ghost All right. Can we expect in this world to receive 
full compensation for all our works? Of course not. We are building on an eternal foundation. One that cannot alter nor experience destroy. We are building on an eternal foundation. One that time cannot alter nor experience destroy. Hear me? A true estimate of real values cannot be built on the shifting sands of time alone. We timing things out, life and death. We 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 put in time. We put in a finite thing on time. But a a a, a true estimate of real value cannot be built on the shifting center of time alone. In the long run, the merciful will obtain mercy. In the long run, we shall reap as we have sown. Stay with me. The pure in heart shall see God. Well, you're going to get this because a lot of you had moments of purity. So, you guys are going to get this. is not going to be a challenge for you. The pure in heart shall see God. Now, the question is, can we ever see God? Is there any news of heaven other than that which comes through our own thought? Think, think, think. Jesus said the pure in heart shall see God. Had we ever seen God? Is there any news of heaven other than that which comes through our own thought or through the thoughts of another? Who thinks purity sees it? And is beholding God. Who thinks purity sees it and is beholding God? All right, let me break the tongue. Simply, if you say, Gloria, Pastor Gloria, gone to too far fetched, you know. Tell me if any of you will have any connection with your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Any one of you will have any connection with the indwelling Christ if you are in the far country. Tell me, if you're in the far country, you shall have no connection with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You have to come back to the Master's house. The pure in heart shall see God. The ancients of days unlooks eternity and the upward glance ever sees this reality in all things the pure in heart not only shall see God but they do see him every one of you had a little touch with this I I don't know if every single one of you but a great percentage of you on this line have a touch have had a touch with this indwelling spirit which is with this indwelling Christ the pacemakers are called the children of God we never associate warriors with divine kingdom we never associate warriors with divine kingdom the peacemakers 
are called the children of God. We never associate warriors with the divine kingdom. Struggle and strife are outside the kingdom that you will find in the far country. They cannot enter in. Struggle and, uh, 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 and strife are outside the kingdom. They cannot enter in because of their confusion. Only peace can enter the gates of the divine spirit. Only peace can enter the gates of the indwelling Christ. Only peace can enter the gates of truth. Only peace can enter the gates of reality and sit at the table of love. Love! The divine host serves not his bounty to confusion but distributes his gifts to those who enter his gates with peace in their minds and love in their hearts. You are the light of the world. Every one of you are the light of the world. Man is the candle of the Lord. He shines through you. How important then that this light be kept trimmed and burning with oil of your spirit through the wick of peace and joy that's how it will have to burn through peace and joy in this way do we glorify the indwelling God who is the heavenly father and the mother of all you are the light of the world Man is the candle of the Lord. You are the light of the world. Your heavenly Father shines through you. God bless you. I'm going to stop there for tonight. But I don't want to confuse you anymore. 